Did you catch those Morecambe and Wise shows that Phil Morris returned? They were on BBC Two on Boxing Day. I thought they were in pretty good shape after the restoration. Even the colour wasn't bad considering they recovered it from chroma dots. If they'd had to repair any splices, you, you couldn't see the join. So, <laughs> what about the sketches? Do you think they had the old Morecambe and Wise magic? Hmm. They had all the right words, but not necessarily in the right order. Yeah, I wasn't very sure about the Irish um, play what Sid and Dick wrote. Yeah, there were a few too many short, fat, hoary bits. But, you know, also some good stuff. I like the improvisation in the sketch about the camera, but I wasn't so keen on the one where they swindled Eric out of his pools winnings. What did you think, Simon? I wanted Eric to say, this boy's no fool. You said that without moving your lips. Look at me when I'm talking to you, Richard. Oh, you are. I wonder what Eric and Ernie would have made of their shows turning up in Sierra Leone after all this time. I expect Eric would have said, it's Tia, Ern. (laughs) (laughs) I half expected Phil Morris to turn up at the end to say, I'd like to thank you all for watching me and my little show. (laughs) So, what do you think of Phil's return so far? (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a mixed bag. The Doctor Who in 2013 was such a great find, but these comedies were a bit... So-so. Uh, the problem for Phil Morris is that pretty much all anyone wants to hear about is Doctor Who. It's all Rich Johnston's fault. Just as Phil was about to launch a great surprise on us, out comes Bleeding Cool with their story of 90 episodes found, as if to say to Phil, Get out of that! You can't, can you? There's no answer to that. Anyway, Phil's promised more returns next year. Now there's a novelty. Allowing him to make a uh, pre-announced pronouncement. That's easy for you to say. It's not, you know. <laughs> He's going to light the blue touch paper. Hmm, I wonder what that means. I hope that among those film cans there are two of a kind that will complete the crusade. You can say that again. But I won't. I'd love some Dalek master plan. I think it's bring me coronas of the sun time. (sighs) What about Web 3? That story seems to have been following Phil around for a while now. Sounds great. I like all that positive thinking. Roll on 2019. Sounds great. I like all that positive thinking. Roll on 2011. No, 2019. (laughs) 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 He shoots, he misses. (laughs) (laughs) Right, well, what we always do in these circumstances is is have another go at it. I think that was funnier, Richard. I think that was good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, you never know. We'll see how it looks in the in the uh, in the edit. Mm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Thirteen Cast for 2019. And uh, today we're joined by an extra special guest. Uh, hello, Mike. Uh, hi, Richard. Hi, everybody. G'day. <laughs> uh, don't don't know if everyone spotted him uh, popping up in the opening sketch yeah. there. I think the accent. Oh, I just, I just thought. I just thought Simon's accents were getting better. I have to move progressively south for them to improve. I can't, I can't do north, <laughs> as you know, over the weeks. Well, you, you so all the, uh, all the normal crews here as well. Mike, You'll be pleased to know. Mike, why aren't you upside down? 
Well, I am, but you know, it's it's, it's it brightens itself up. You yeah. see, you know, Skype it's, compensates for that. It's very yes, yeah, it's a compensation. Skype does that. You know, it's 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 amazing. So only a few days ago, there was another episode of Doctor Who. I don't know if any of you noticed. Oh, sort of. Certainly did. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very good. And I thought, you know, things being what they are, we we could actually talk about it now, and and you know maybe um, chew over what we thought. Oh right, like a. Well, supposing we recorded that and put it up on the internet so other people could listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the start of a whole new. It will never catch on. Medium. Nah, why would anyone want that? What a good idea. Chew on. So, Sorry, chew on it like a on. polo mint. <laughs> go on. Cut that out. <laughs> no, we, we love these We'll polls. fix that in the edits. We're very Pinterest here at the, uh, <laughs> the thing house. I collect all the silences together, um, edit them into, <laughs> into a very long pause. And do a bonus uh, episode. I, I put, yeah, I put them beside all my erms and your nose, which are also voluminous. Uh, so yeah, uh, You're a podcast leave. of erms, your nose, and pauses is very much uh, likely. Mm-hmm. Coming soon, soon for our Patreon backers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not on Patreon. I don't think we'd have the nerve to charge for this. No, we wouldn't patronise anyone. <laughs> Uh, yes. So, uh, anyone want to start us off with an opinion on resolution? I thought it was really rather good. I thought at last they've left it right to the end to crank up the thrills and chills. And apart from a little hiatus for Ryan to catch up with his long last dad, I, I thought it was an excellent, excellent, excellent special. It, I thought at last, perhaps all the episodes that went before it were a bit of a warm up, but that was a really good story that had you hooked all the way through it. Um, it was nice and creepy in the, the sort of undercity of Sheffield. Um, all of the piecing together the Dalek and, you know, how is it going to rebuild itself and get some armour? I thought that was all nicely done. It, it did finish up looking like um, one of the amazing projects that my kids and all their friends bring to school on a Monday morning. But <laughs> that was part of the part of the charm of it. So I, I thought it was great. I, I thought, you know... He's had a bit of a hard time this year. I, I think Chib has nailed it in this one. I don't know what the other guys thought. So I, I was kind of with you. I thought I, I thought if that had been the the first one, rather than the woman who fell to earth, I think um, everyone would have said, "Oh, great! That's that's a that's a good start. It's pacey and 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 full of interest." I, I wouldn't say that I loved it, but I but I enjoyed it, and I thought it was you know more what I thought the series should have been. I think the woman, the woman who fell to earth, was a good start. It's the ones in the middle that um, that's kind of concerned me more with um, mm. with Chibnall's writing. But yeah, I I can also you know it's nice to nice to feel that we're sort of well postscripting the series at least on a um, on a positive note after rather a downer for the um, you know what was ostensibly the finale. Not feeling that that really um, pulled off all that much. It was it was nice that felt like it was. Pretty coherent. Yeah, there were there were holes one could pick in it, of course, but but I felt like okay, this is doing what Doctor Who should be doing. It's kind of um, also a bit of you know what I'd kind of expect from Chibnall with regard to all the stuff with Ryan and his dad. It's kind of um, hitting those kind of notes that you'd expect him to be 
you know, again, you know, the idea of Doctor Who from the writer of Broadchurch. And, um, but yes, I just found it was a good, thrilling ride and, a, you know, very nicely diverting hour on New Year's Day. Okay, who's next? Do you want me to go? Go on then, Mike. Okay. Yeah, just clear off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raised, come raised, this way. Ra- another raised finger from the umpire for the Australian. <laughs> Not another one. Um, oh, touchy look, subject. I, I sort of like this. Um, I really like the Dalek bits, to be honest. It's just... Um, I thought that there was a, a little bit of tension for a change. And there was a little bit of action and you actually saw people die, you know, people get zapped by the Dalek and stuff like that. And there was mm. explosions. I always love explosions. But just as it was working up to something and getting exciting, we had this bit down a pause where we had to suffer through Ryan and his dad, which to me really didn't didn't interest me at all. And it's it seems mm. to me, I was thinking about this, that, you know, in the classic series, we the companions, there's nothing about their um, um, family background apart from um, Tegan's um, relatives, who are all English, funnily enough, when she's got a Australian-Serbian <laughs> surname. But I think that's a oh, plot Vanessa device. Wasn't. Hmm? <laughs> oh, Vanessa she, wasn't, wasn't English, was she? No, but I think that that was it. But um, the, the funny thing was that... Um, this is a new who thing that um, I think RTD was always, we had family, had, you know, Rose and her mum and her dad, and then Martha and her family. Fortunately, it was a little bit better than that. And then, um, fortunately, I think that Moffat really didn't bother with that. Um, it's one of his good points, I think, that I never really thought about until recently, that there was no family orientation thing. But I thought that it, it sort of, it was chugging along quite nicely, and then all of a sudden it was stopped in its tracks by this sort of, you know, Ryan and his dad sitting down having coffee and then Ryan and his dad doing this and Ryan and his dad doing that and then Graham and his dad, you know, telling his dad about this, that and the other. It's just, to me, it really, it sort of pulled it away a bit because it was actually a little bit more um, action-packed and was a little bit more engaging, I thought, than a lot of the other episodes and certainly more so than the last one. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just my opinion. There's a lot of head-scratching moments too. I thought, you know, how can ninth, ninth century warriors overcome a Dalek? And how come it's always Sheffield? You know, he always dies just in Sheffield. You know, it's just like Chibnall's um, carpets and floorboards, I think. It's just really, um, th- those type of things just sort of make your head scratch. But you can ignore that as you go along with the story. And even, you know, the Dalek sort of made up, looked a bit naff. But I thought it's making it out of whatever it can get hold of, although somehow it managed to get hold of sort of missiles as well in that bloke's shed which mm. was a bit which is a bit odd but apart from that you know it did roll along okay but then it gets st- stopped in its tracks with this sort of personal bit which you know i don't watch doctor who about i i'm, I'm never really interested in people's sort of backgrounds i'm not overly keen on that sort of thing um so that, that's just my opinion i'm sure some people might find it really good but um, and I think my daughter summed it up when she said, oh, it was really good until Ryan and his dad came on and that was boring. So, yeah. <laughs> Can uh, I I'm be not... a hypocrite and speak up yeah. in defence of the North? I mean, if if you need to rebuild some armour, I mean, what where, what finer place can you go than the, than Steel City, Sheffield? Oh, true. That That's sort true. Of made sense. The Ryan, the Ryan and his dad thing, I, I'm with you, Mike. I, I was dis- disappointed. It was really exciting, then it fizzled out and I was booing mm. and tutting. But then I think that was an important plot device because of the the ending to the episode and the, and getting rid of the Dalek because you 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 wouldn't have, you know you actually cared about 
who the Dalek had attached itself to, the mutant Dalek had attached itself to, and mm. it was a way of bringing I, I Ryan and his, and his dad together. So yeah. I'll give Chibbers a bit of credit. I, I, I agree, it let the pace off, and I think it gave mm. Bradley Walsh an opportunity to wriggle off and go and film something else as well. Yes. I, I, it uh. might have been written in for that purpose as well. But mm. I, I thought it tied, it tied everything together nicely and built up to the climax of course mm. gchq being so easy to get into through the ceiling and yes again lots of excitement having a having an angry dalek back that was fantastic but like a lot of the other monsters in this series it, it was rather easy to get rid of in the end so that that was a bit of a disappointment but i can yeah. i'll give chibbers a bit of credit with the, with the ryan and his dad thing i'd agree that the pacing slacked up there and it wasn't it didn't i don't i don't unlike mike i don't reject having these kind of elements or I don't have reservations about having these kind of elements in the story, but I think you've got to do them well. And I would say that Russell T was rather more deft than than Chibnall is well, at doing them while, while while keeping up the pace of a of a Doctor Who story. And it felt like maybe the fact that it was an hour long special, it almost felt like well, if you if you chopped the running time down by five minutes, then you'd have just had to cover all of that stuff at a at a faster pace and. Um, Perhaps, and the other thing is, you know, blessed Toys and Cold, but um, but yeah, I still can't quite see that he's the um, the strongest actor we have to deal with. And I, I rather rather <laughs> ended up thinking, yeah, come come dad now come along in the TARDIS instead of him, um, who was because I thought he was a far better actor. Mm. Yeah, it was in- interesting that um, Ryan's dad, I thought, didn't look an awful lot like Ryan. I mean, he must take after his mother, I suppose. Mm. Uh, although he did look a little bit like Grace, so, so I suppose you know they, were, they had at least that going for them. We seem to have lost Paul. I don't know what's, whether, whether his PC's taken to a, a reboot again or something. That was a horrible, well, a shock I found out. Bradley Bradley Walsh, um, Graham walks around with his West Ham Hammers badge on all the time. He's actually a gooner in real life. Is how he? Can he Lord. As a paid-up gooner, how can you walk out, walk around with a West Ham crest badge on you? It's called it's called, it's called acting. He's Simon. living a lie. Yeah, there's <laughs> acting and there's there's absolute treachery, mate. Well, it should be like you know, <laughs> Dennis Waterman when he did Minder. He was a Fulham supporter allegedly, uh, good, but good he was knowledge. always. He, but when he went to the football, he was always at Stamford Bridge because, of course, he didn't want to go and watch Fulham. So it'd be you know Fulham were playing away that week, so he was watching Chelsea, and that was the explanation in the plot. Because Dennis Waterman being a big mm. Chelsea fan. Yeah, so it was it was nice um, having a bit of Nick Briggs on. Um, I thought he did, he went through a bit of a master class. He, he did his Dalek laughing as well as a little bit of um, uh, Dalek acting bef- outside the um, or or rather I suppose inside the head of um, the female character. So that was Lynn, interesting. Lynn, I think her name was well remembered. Mm. Barbara, from I thought she was. I thought she yeah, was. I, um, I thought she was excellent, Lynn. Yeah, she was good. I think again in the in the past, that, you know, that might have been a plot device to introduce her as a as a companion because mm. I I thought she was she acted her socks off. Oh, she was really good. Mm. Did you notice the uh, new Dalek things like the mutant can now attach itself to people and ride them around like a horse, effectively, and um, they sent you know a lone Dalek as a reconnaissance. You know, we haven't heard that type of thing before. Um, well, that stuff. was that's. A, I mean, if we're going to get picky, why didn't he summon the invasion fleet back in the ninth century? Well, yeah, mm. 
Because <laughs> he thought he could yeah, take so, them. So we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. could do yeah. yeah. Come on. So we could have the uh, we could have the Dalek experiment, couldn't we? Where uh, where a lone Dalek performs experiments on a bunch of uh, South African um, colonists uh, in the far future of Earth, maybe, or maybe not. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the one with the rubbish um, smash potato robot, perhaps. That's it. Yeah, and and um, that oven. Uh, I mean, if only um, if only Dortmund in the Dalek invasion of Earth has thought of a microwave <laughs> yeah. oven to get rid of the Daleks. But, but then maybe that's the because oven, it's yes. yeah, yeah. Maybe that's because it's um, it, it's just a steel counting rather than a Dalekanian one. Maybe, maybe the real Daleks wouldn't have succumbed to a microwave oven quite so. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mm. On the missiles front, I thought. That was a bit weird, but on the other hand, it could have been just that could have been some of the stuff they recovered from the hmm. from the mysterious archive. Maybe those. Were I did more think that straightforward but, to yeah. maybe those were more straightforward to manufacture on the spot in a in a workshop. I don't I don't know. Hmm. I thought when when the Dalek trundled out, I thought I had a bit of a Tom Baker moment where I sort of said, "A Dalek, very primitive, but undeniably a Dalek." <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, um, perhaps he could have broken into Sean Bean's house to get some weapons. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> yeah, poor old Yaz had nothing to do again. Yeah. The only way is out for her, unfortunately. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> That's a joke that's been waiting for a few weeks, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> As you say, she ends up being underserved by the plot and really being again left there yeah which is a shame because i think she's a stronger stronger actor than tosin cole um amongst the regular ensemble and um the thing that the thing that niggled at me or one one thing that niggled at me i thought that that's that cutaway to when the internet went down and the cutaway yeah. the cutaway to random family and I can't. You can take or leave whether or not you want to do the gag, but I don't. I don't object. I don't have an objection in principle to doing that gag about so life, you know, life without the internet. Even though we, we all know it would be an awful lot more serious, and there would be a lot more serious consequences than Netflix being unavailable and people having to chat. But what I couldn't see about that was just introducing a completely random family that we hadn't seen at any point when we already have. Yaz's family established, which, who would have been perfect point of view characters for that, for Trump. that, um, for that, oh, um, yeah. for that Good little call. scene. Um, and I just thought, well, yeah. why, why not? Was it? And you think, well, it was only a, a one, well, yeah, thirty second, one minute gag that they could have easily recorded while they had those actors together earlier in the earlier in the series. You'd have thought, mm. but. Yeah, but that might have thrown the spotlight back on Yaz, which wouldn't have done at all. Mm, yeah. Mm. I, I, I mean, what it was really missing was Paul Jericho uh, to, to turn up and have a line, What? No, not the internet! <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that scene really tickled my Fortnite addicted kids. They, they really mm. thought, they, they thought that was hilarious, you know, the family all having to talk together. We, we had a bit of a sort of Wi-Fi and internet-free New Year's break. Mm. Right, and that that was that was great for us. So that that tickled the family that scene, and I that that's been the big benchmark and the litmus test of this new series for me is, you know, can my family sit down and watch it with me all the way through? And they they have mm. done largely, and they all yeah. really enjoyed this New Year's Day special. So, 
I, you know, ticked an awful lot of boxes for me. I'm being really hard on on Yaz. I, I think she is a good, very good actress. She's just very underplayed and underused. And having a sort of probationary um, police officer join the cast, I, I thought that had a lot of potential. And unfortunately, well, yeah. she's been underused. I think. I think she did Again, do a little bit use... of time, mm. Jazz. No, Mike, I think we were about to say the same things. Go ahead. Yeah, I, there was a brief moment where she did a little bit of police work at the beginning where she got um, Lynn's phone number and was going to ring her back. And it was sort of like, and I thought it was going to turn into her actually doing a little bit more like being like a police a policewoman mm. again, but it just went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and the, the sort of thing with the doctor saying to, saying, you know, to, that Yaz would escort the archaeologists off the premises kind of thing and I thought okay that's a little a little reference to Yaz being a policewoman and and the fact that we then did have some police involvement later in the story again I just couldn't understand why they didn't didn't make that connection and it seems weird that they've piled on Ryan's issues yeah and we seem to have now had all of Ryan's family issues explored and resolved in you know in the scope of this series um mm. And yet, yes, they re- you know they really haven't given them much to work with, and what little they've, what few character quirks and traits they did give her, they've then roundly ignored at times when you you'd think they were perfect story opportunities for them to really pick up on them. So, mm. yeah, they could have been um, the the police who the the Dalek mutant disposed. I mean, they could have been colleagues of Yaz's. Yes, yeah. and she could have popped in for a you know if you want to do human interest let her pop into the station to solo or something and then 10 minutes later they're just like in most police procedures 10 minutes later they're called out and you know come mm. to a grisly end on a, on a shout or something yes yeah um sorry that's think... fire service talk a shout isn't it never mind mm. <laughs> but i think <laughs> i think having a yeah when you when you've got a set up in the when you've got a set up in contemporary sheffield and you've got a character who's a who's a probationary policewoman in there then why not? I don't expect you to stick strictly to police procedural, you know, to, to trying to be accurate. But, you know, I think you can still have some, some leeway with the storytelling. And, you know, but but it seems that like you put her in a position where she can get access to various bits of information and so on. And, and then don't really use it, which is weird. But I don't know. I'm not Chibnall. I don't so uh, the, I thought there were some slightly odd bits, like for instance, where the the, the Dalek um, is is flying to GCHQ, but then he decides to stop off for five minutes to blow up a random squad of soldiers. Mm. Mm. Just just drops out of the air to pick on them, and then blows them up, and then goes on its way. It seemed like it was just a waste of time, as far as the Dalek was concerned. I just wanted to test out some missiles. Test itself. Oh, I see. Yeah, it could be that. You didn't you didn't play with any of your toys you got for Christmas, then, Richard. Yeah, just for the joy of killing (laughs) the other the other thing that struck me um talking with my uh, my pal ian about all of this was uh we were saying that it was strangely structured this whole this whole business with the um uh the word is gone now but the the whole thing of the scattering of the parts of the dalek around Mm. around the world and and that we had these three locations, and that the other two seemed to more or less just be used to um, to make some nice trailer shots. And um, mm. yeah, and indeed, it was a bit odd that the, those characters then the custodians—that's the word—then appeared on the um, you know even appeared on the poster for the episode. And it seemed like yeah, it's, it's odd that they didn't um, 
they didn't pick up on that and and go anywhere. And really, the sum total of those parts seem to be okay. Here's a, here's a prelude in which these body parts are scattered to to different parts of the world, and then we'll go back and we'll have one more pickup shot of the body parts waking up and the apparent custodians not actually doing anything to stop what presumably they'd spent 1300 years passed down through the families yeah. uh, waiting to waiting to be in, in preparation for why didn't the dalek reconstitute when the um the custodian was killed at you know under sheffield or where sheffield was like i couldn't understand yeah. that all of a sudden then it gets dug up and then they all reconstitute again it's like kind of like odd um, oh, it needed the ultraviolet light. Oh, the ultraviolet light. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's pl- there's plenty of that coming from the sun. Paul, yeah. you're back, <laughs> and it's about time. Yes. Hello. <laughs> um, okay. Shall I just race through all my thoughts in case I disappear down in my black hole again? You do no, that. And yes. We'll tell you if there's then, things you've covered. I yes. shall spend eternity cursing Bill Gates. <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming. I'm choosing to blame him personally. Yeah, I, I think I just came in at an interesting point from from Giles there. I think that was typical, really, of, of the episode, the missed opportunities of the episode, and in that sense, it was typical of the, the missed opportunities of this series. There often wasn't anything particularly wrong with what we were given, but I could always see a better, more interesting, bigger, sto- bolder story behind the one where I wanted yeah. to, you know, pull the curtains apart and see something mm. else. And yes, that that opening maybe one of you. Oh, oh I'll finish off. I'll sort of segue into that. Um, mm. I'd say yeah, they they could have done some time traveling and go back to each of those locations and stop yeah. the Dalek mutant coming back together. That mm. would have been an idea. And just to pipe up about the the scene with the soldiers, I I just loved I I loved that because that shows how far the series has come on from a blatant use of an action man tank in robot <laughs> so we yeah, saw true. some proper army yeah. hardware and then yeah. also because you're thinking well it's just a blobby mutant it can't conquer the earth mm. then it pulls together this sort of diy casing and i thought we needed those soldiers and some tanks and rockets and things just to mm. remind us this is this is a really powerful threat mm. and i mean i've been moaning on each podcast about the lack of menace from all the aliens yeah. those soldiers were an important vehicle for you know introducing a bit of menace and, and threat again so well they got they got I, zapped. I think they, I think they served yeah they, they served their purpose maybe the soldiers were too yeah. easy to kill i don't know but just um soldiers. yes on uh two things on that one one of one is a positive and one is a puzzle I'm going to do them in the opposite direction, of course. Uh, the only thing that was a bit weird was having had the what apparently some tabloids got up in arms and called a Brexit gag about mm. about units. Well, so I didn't get that. <laughs> well, as so far as I could see, it was a Trump gag. It, it appears yeah. to be far more about about the idea of Trump pulling out of you know Trump NATO, pulling out of yeah. anything and everything that um, mm. that has any kind of unit you know international. Elements um, that seemed that seemed to be the implication that that I thought it was getting at. I didn't quite see how that related to Brexit. Um, I think it covered all the bases, <clears throat> Giles. So mm. you could you could see. I I thought about the breakup of NATO as as mm. well. And what was some? I mean, I'm caught reaching I, out I to all of you now. What mm. what happened to the demise of the United Nations from the from the unit title? How did they? How did that? How did they cover that off in the in the series? 
That I think was ever since Russell T Davis. I think it was renamed the first time Unit turned up in Aliens of London, perhaps. Was it, it wasn't it that. Was called it was the U. Hmm. I don't think it was it quite was that. Called that early. the Unified Intelligence Task Force hmm. or something. I think they they hit they hit some problems. I think they did they did use Unit in its they did use the old acronym at first, if I remember rightly, and then I think they hit some they hit, they hit some issues. Possibly relating to the idea that they wanted to set up a, because um, I think they set up a web page at some point for Unit when they were back in the back in the old days when they were when they were setting up all these random you know small web pages for various plot elements and I think I think it might have been related to that that someone said no you can't call it you can't call it that so, so they had to um, rejig it at that point but what I was actually getting at on that was it was a bit odd to to do the Unit gag. Was suddenly of a throwaway, and then still have, you know, still have the Dalek then immediately come up against a bunch of soldiers for no apparent, you know, for no particular reason, other than that it looked very nice and it was, yeah, it was mm. a good reminder of the threat. But I didn't quite see why that couldn't have been. I didn't see any overwhelming reason why that shouldn't be Unit mm. playing that particular role and getting um being cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I guess Chibnall, Chibnall didn't want to have Unit in the episode, mm. and that was the basis for everything else. But um, as you say, it, it wouldn't have done any harm to have had a Unit squad in there. It but was if you're going to have the army anyway, then yeah, then then why not? But um, mm. but the more positive point I was going to make, which is, and I'm possibly there's there's going to be big Finnish people out there. Paul has dropped off the line again, so he he might be. <laughs> If you heard me saying this, you might be jumping up and down and saying, no, that's complete bollocks. But um, as someone who hasn't listened to a lot of the big finishers and where I know they've tried out virtually every variation, or plot variation under the sun, um, I did like the fact that this actually came up with some an intelligence and novel use of the Daleks, something, something new to do with them that was nevertheless a logical extension of what they can do as you know, what's already established in terms of how they operate, the idea of it pl- piloting piloting a human in the same way as it pilots a Dalek casing. Um, mm. I like I like that, and I thought it was quite sinister. And it was, mm-hmm. but it also reminded me of Planet of the Spiders and a lot in many ways. Oh, yes. they didn't disappear. I, I, I'm really expected mm. to go all praise the Great One at one stage, mm. and. What did you think about the voiceover, particularly at the start? Because I was trying hard not to laugh with the voiceover. It came across as a bit, you know, like those those trailers, you know, like, in a world gone mad. In a world. One lone yeah. Dalek. You know, it fights was, to it was so much cheesy. <laughs> I think it was meant to be, but, um, like, mm. the titles, those titles came across as being a bit mm. silly. Because um, they yes. all sort of... And I thought that that was actually deliberate. Um, Maverick Dalek turns private investigator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dalek inside. Uh, they, they were certainly the biggest, boldest titles in the history they were. of um, Doctor mm. Who, weren't they? Yeah. Well, with the exception of possibly ones in. Oh, gosh, which am I thinking of? There's maybe ones in the Troughton era that are enormous right across the screen, but most of them have mm. been a bit smaller than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the issue was for me was how was it that that the Dalek mutant took almost no space up underneath her coat? Mm. It kind of it, it seemed to sort of 
um, deflate, mm. yes, and then, re- then reinflate, which took a coat mm. off. Yes, yes, true. But but I liked it. I liked I liked the image, and the, yeah, the yeah. imagery, as it were. And yes, it's a nod to, yeah, yes, it's a nod to Planet of the Spiders for for those of us who are there. But it's a it's an effective image that if you if you think I was going to say it hasn't been used in Doctor Who for forty years, but um. 45 god uh, yeah almost 45 years but 45 yeah but of course we did it we did have the time beetle in a turn left um yes which did something similar but um but still i don't think it does any harm to um to reuse some of these iconic kind of homage kind of things or riff on, riff on them homage that's it yes yeah. homage rather than rip off i think that some people think mm. that it's rip off but sometimes it's more homage i think hmm that episode was novel as well. It had a monster at the front and the back, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> I've lost. Um, I've lost track of my Dalek history. I mean, the the, the Daleks have been so muffeted about with. Mm, true. I, I don't know whether they're all. I don't know whether they're all extinct. Which, you know, which branch of the the Daleks you're dealing with? Oh it's, yeah. Oh, I hope. Anyway, I hope Chibbers is going to reboot it all and. Uh, start afresh mm. but yeah I, I think Charles is spot on. I thought that was a really nice way to bring them back and there were some nice novel touches with it as well mm. well and there and there was good old-fashioned threat and you know they were they, there was sort of drama and you know there was a prospect that people could die during it and you know which is mm. probably not what we've had since the first episode really I think it's been mm. certainly lacking in that well, a lot of people did it was um, certainly mm. had a high body, body count Yes. For um, yes. possibly, well, you oh. know, it'd be it'd be no advance or cats meet and the um and the apparent four planets that have been or four or five planets that have been destroyed, but that was in backstory and we didn't see anything of that. Um, mm. Yeah. So. It, it was odd, wasn't it, that in that episode that that a lot of people died, but none of the main cast or guest cast. It was they seemed strangely invulnerable whenever they were around the Doctor. Yeah, but, they were, but um, Ryan's dad was in peril, though. So, you know, he was actually mm. in peril. Um, Ryan, no, and Yaz, well, Yaz doesn't do anything, so it's hard for her to be in peril. Um, but, yeah. They, they were a bit, it was a bit half assed at the end, though, wasn't it? They, they sort of charged the, the Dalek from behind or whatever, and, mm. and, and, you know, in full view of its um, weaponry for quite a long time. But fortunately, it was about as good at hitting them as those uh, robots <laughs> in the, yeah. uh, well, you know. uh, the, the Ghost Monument. But, you know, hey ho. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> recently reconstituted, but yes, yes, it was a bit like um, it, the thing that's a directorial issue, mm. I would say, the same as with. Um, yeah, exactly the same as with the Sniperbots issue in in Vantaruf Kalos with the um, the whole duck kind of yeah. thing. And it's just like, yeah. yes, it's easy for a um it's easy for a scriptwriter to write that, um, and to say, Okay, the, the doctor ducks one way, the companions all run the other way and get round the back yeah. of the Dalek while the doctor draws its fire. But then you're really and I can't I can't that's not the kind of thing I can blame Chibnall for, it really isn't it's a matter of how you how you then do it mm. that and and how you cut it. I think, and yeah. it's a very fu- very fine line between what then looks, um, you know, whether it looks action packed and exciting or slightly ridiculous. It was. Should I say it? Yeah. Lo- it, it looked more like episode seven of the Daleks than you know maybe something a little bit more modern. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Oh, I thought the episode was quite well directed, so like it looked good. Mm. Oh, gen- um, generally, yes, yeah. yeah. It was um, mm. yeah, just seemed to fall down on that kind of it, thing. Can just it, be. It could have been better. Hmm. 
The uh, the Daleks seemed a bit gutted that its uh, mates hadn't hung around for twelve hundred years just on the off chance it might eventually turn <laughs> up. Mm, yes. Well, well. Uh, yeah, I guess time and tide wait for no Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> They've got other things to do, more conquest elsewhere. Although, of course, they are time travellers these days. Yes. Anyway. Well, they have been ever since, yeah. It's some Dalek master plan, haven't they? Or As you say, yes, exactly. The chase. the chase, yeah. I mean, the timeline yeah. is so... Mm. The Dalek's own timeline is so mucked up that you just mm. have to hope. Although it was pointed out, um, yeah, again, my mate Ian raised the, you know, said, is this actually the first time we've seen a Dalek on contemporary Earth since Stolen Earth? When, so therefore, it, or uh, openly on contemporary Earth... And um, and Moffat's reboot and the Big Bang actually, you know, established that they had been they had been forgotten about because Amy didn't, or Amy didn't recognise them. So was it mm. Moffat's reboot or? It's, anyway, mm. at some point, yes, things had yes, happened. They, the the memory of them had disappeared down Amy's crack or something. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so the idea was quite. It's quite nice we got that echo um, of the Doctor's sonic screwdriver moment in the first episode with the Dalek yes. making its own case. Yeah, that was one. very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting that that you know something that's that's made in a you know back room of a of a uh, junkyard or whatever can, can be quite impressive. In that the sonic screwdriver seemed to be able to stop the Dalek from shooting, which was uh, uh, unusual. Mm. Um, it's another. Yes, particularly one. given that that that, that the that the Dalek weapon was the original. What that wasn't something it had just knocked up mm. um, in the back room. True, but I suppose if you if you need to if you later need to patch that plot hole, you can say, oh well, it was the Sonic was was intervening with the circuits that were connecting the the sort of homemade bits of the Dalek casing to the um to yes. the original Dalek technology, something mm. like that. Mm. I don't know. Sounds mm. like the kind of Bullshit explanation. <laughs> one can come up with if one's desperate to reconcile everything with canon. I, don't know. Mm. I, th- I thought uh, Rob Schumann has been quite gracious the last few days in not um, complaining that it was a complete rip-off of his um, Dalek plot, uh, even though it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't line for line, but but the, the, the thought that a single Dalek can take on the whole human race was certainly uh, straight out of his his episode. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't quite like Dalek or Jubilee as much, I thought. Um, no. But there, there were no, elements there's a, there. There's only so much, yeah. Homage yeah. again. Mm. Well, much as, yeah, much as I said, you know, much as I just praised it for doing something original, um, in some ways there are only... There are only certain setups and certain plot dynamics you can do with any, I guess, with any alien. Really, mm. you've got Lone Killer, or yeah, you've you've kind of got Lone Invasion Killer. Fleet. At, least, at least with Daleks, it's more or less Lone Killer or Invasion Fleet and um, mm. and um, mm. Stranded Scout Party. That's uh, Terry Nation well a few times, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, so nineteen New Years, they went off to have a look at. It. I think that's. That's getting towards the edge of my toleration for New Year. I think, I think I'm oh, not sure I can God, yes. manage 2020 on the chart. Mm, one, one's bad enough. <laughs> well, I hope they do, I hope they went to Trafalgar Square in 1966 um, to cameo with um yes to do to do a cameo in the background of Volcano. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Them. Maybe maybe we'll <laughs> see them there when it's when it's when Phil Morris reveals it in his stash. We'll yeah. find we'll find uh, we'll find the 2019 crew waving 
gurning furiously from the back of back of shop behind yeah behind Hartnell and uh, Sever Kingdom. Definitely. <laughs> and, it, and if it isn't there yet, it will be by the time that the uh, Twitter's had a go at it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, Paul, are you in any position to rejoin us, or is it all... Um, well, I, um, no. <laughs> Paul, you were on the right, you were on the right track about missed opportunities. That would, that would segue nicely into what we've talked about already. And maybe Richard, with his mastery, can edit it back in. Oh, yeah, well, all right. The problem is, you see, if I do this now and I repeat anything you've already said, I look like an idiot. But if, edit, if Richard edits it back in at the beginning, and then you go on to repeat what I've said but apparently ignoring it that that looks rude I said it was a good it was a good sort of thrill ride um there was that hiatus for for Ryan and his dad yeah um Mike and I bounced backwards and forwards about that a bit and I I thought that actually helped um knit the the plot together because at the end you you cared about Aaron Ryan's dad hanging out the door and um Ryan saving his dad brought them together and if you hadn't had that scene in the cafe perhaps you might not have cared about it so much I didn't care either <laughs> <laughs> I was going suck him out suck him out but no it didn't happen <laughs> bit like Adric yeah. yeah, die so Adric die yeah. so I was babbling on last time I was here this is my cue for it to crash now I was, I was going on about missed opportunities I, I feel like a stuck record because I think I've come back to that theme so often so I tell you what, I shall try and just discuss what we did get. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, the, the obvious things, it was enjoyable, it was smaller scale than the finales we've been used to, just like every, we had a small scale opening and small scale. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we had a small scale finale, a small, it's a smaller scale special. But there's no reason why that shouldn't work, and I think Chip has tried to swap out the huge set pieces we're used to at Christmas for something more family-based. But even there, I found the character work a bit superficial. So for me, it was a good job for me that the, the main thrust of the plot was more interesting than, than a lot of stuff we've had. I th- thought the Dalek possession was the, mm. s- the highlight for me, so I preferred the first half of the episode. That's probably because the her uh, from Fresh Meat. What's her name? Charlotte Charlotte, Charlotte Hope. Charlotte Ritchie. Uh-huh. Fresh meat. She was in Call the <laughs> yeah. Midwife, too. That's where I remember it from. Ah. Oh, I thought that was your euphemism for Call the Midwife. No, 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 no. She was. She was. It's funny. <laughs> I was, I, Paul, Paul, Paul said about I, I saw her get possessed by a Dalek, <laughs> and then the following night I saw her um, get married. <laughs> Guess there's a natural consequence. I, I think when I came back into the podcast, you were nitpicking about the production um, values and the sparsity. I mean, the fact that it was filmed in quiet locations like an, an abandoned a road to stand in for a major motorway is the sort of thing we haven't you don't see in television anymore people <laughs> thank goodness so that that took me back and just the general lack of inha- inhabitation just didn't seem to it didn't convince me that this was happening in mm. in the real world maybe that's why he said it on new year's <laughs> day maybe majority of of humanity was hung over. Yeah, so that's been a running that. issue throughout the series, I think, with the and the only exception, and I think you took issue with that was the only time I felt like we saw a a po- populated world was um, Kablam. Kablam, and I still wasn't happy. More was support, I? more no. supporting artists. Mm. Um, yeah. What? What no, do it does, I want? It does seem. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. This is decent mm. plotted, decent yes. stories, or supporting artists that do something. Mm. Because again, we've spoken about Yaz doing nothing at all in this episode. Hmm. 
It's like you have someone there and they just sort of stand around and do nothing. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It really is. I, Indeed, I just so yes, want to yeah. And at mm. the very least, if if they just sort of say tell people she's a policewoman every so often, that mm. would give her yes. something to say. Yeah. <laughs> she seems to have forgotten herself. Mm. I I think it's terrible. It's, it's the first Yorkshire companion since Mary Tam. And what they're doing with her? She's just standing in the corner doing nothing. It's mm. terrible. You could, I mean, you could. Uh, you talk about missed opportunities. You, you could have her trying to caution a Dalek and, and read the Dalek its rights. And I mean, she tried to do that in um, the Arachnids in the in the UK, where um, someone pulled a gun on them and so on. She got a bit mm, policey yes. in that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, she got policey, but without actually bothering to mention that she was a police officer, which you m- might have thought would have given her an advantage in that situation. Mm. I was, I'm as baffled by that now as I was at the time. Mm. I really would have expected that we'd be suffering from the opposite of the problem, that characters would be... I mean, normally, most um, mm. mediocre drama, <coughs> the problem is that people wear their... Yeah. Their jobs yes. on their sleeve, don't they? They're constantly right. telling you what they are. I'm, yeah. I do this sort of thing. I'm this sort of yes. person. Yes. Mm. And I'm here, having my I police breakfast now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put my police <laughs> uniform away before I can't go in the police car to work. Yeah. <laughs> so whether he's going for some sort of subtle naturalism and is slightly undershot, <laughs> I don't know. Look, yeah. I, I think I studied. Ju- I jumped in straight for the, um, for the picky problems. It was. It was nice, and it was a nice change of pace for a Dalek story. And uh, we've had these small-scale Dalek stories before, a single Dalek, a more human side to it. And apart from the mm. fact that it was a bit reminiscent of, of Rob Sherman's story, I, I did think it was one of the best treatments of that we've had, I did, mainly because I just liked mm. the, the takeover side of it, mm. which isn't mm. particularly Dalek-y. <laughs> Maybe well, it's new. We've never seen anything like that before, of them sort of taking over... Um, on carrying on someone's back, you know. Mm. Never seen anything like that before. It's it's what Davros did though in um, Resurrection, isn't it? He he started to possess yeah. people. Yeah, oh, I think we've seen we have seen it quite a lot of it. And I just and normally normally that kind of bores me silly. Um, the way that Mr. Moffat did it so often with human, it's it's not so much the takeover, but this um this obsession with. At the beginning, it was all about comparing the Daleks with humans because they were mm. a rather heavy-handed metaphor but then in recent years it's constantly been about physically genetically making human Dalek hybrids which doesn't really have the same effect once you have human and it reaches its nadir with <laughs> with humans with Dalek eye stalks popping out their foreheads which I think probably is the low point for me so yes this is a great return to form from there although this is my observation um Andrew Ellard is a script editor that I follow on Twitter. He's very good at breaking these things down. Um, I have half-inched one or two of his comments before, so I thought perhaps I'd credit him today. But I think his point was that, again, it was a slight missed opportunity, possibly not the sort of thing you'd want to do on New Year's Day, but if the Dalek had drawn out of... What was the the archaeologist's name? If it had drawn out of her some... Lynn. In a... Anything to do if it drawn anything out of her own character and perverted her own character in a, to become more Dalek-y, that would have been mm. a bit more interesting than just a takeover. Mm. Where we, we were flip-flopping back between the real her and and pure hundred percent Dalek, mm. and it might have given the story more more metaphorical weight if it had been about the Dalek using the inner Dalek-y qualities of humanity rather than just imposing upon them. And that might have mm. fitted better in with his. 
half-hearted attempt to do a Brexit parody. Mm. Mm. Rather than that, just feeling bolted on, it might have given it more thematic coherence. But that's too many big words, so I'll stop now. <laughs> we haven't talked at all about uh, Jodie Whittaker um, and, and, and what we thought about her performance, so maybe there's a chance to do that now. Ah, yes. Yeah, well, I I enjoyed her as you know as as usual. I, I think she's you know I think she's a very capable actress. I've got I've not got any doubts about Jodie, but my my concern, my gripe, it would be again. I don't feel that the script is serving her well with all that much in the way of sort of the Doctor's inner life or quiet reflection. We had a couple of moments there with regard to you know she had a couple of lines once she realised she was up against the Dalek that um that kind of related without. Without doing a full-on callback to you know to the time war and mm. and all of that, you know, I thought there were a couple, she had a couple of nice moments like that. But but my the conclusion I've kind of come to over the over the course of the series is that <clears throat> unfortunately it's very much the way they're writing her that she's you know it's a bit like we're getting all of Tennant's yeah. manic. We're kind of getting we're getting Tennant in his up in his up the yeah. tenth Doctor yeah. in his up moments. But without without really being serviced with any of the any of the um, the deeper stuff uh, and the more maudlin side of Tennant that helped to help to undercut that and make you realise that that his wah humans were um, was all um, mm. something of a front. And I mean, I, th- I think I can appreciate they had to they had to move on. You know, and by the time by the time we got to the end of the RTD era, I think the the lonely god and all of that malarkey was, you know, yeah. We had to move on to some to something different, and it had it has kind of outstayed its welcome. But I think the thing of, um, you know, you do need the, you know, you do need some occasional more reflection of the fact mm. that the Doctor is a, you know, two thousand or whatever. I forget. <laughs> I forget how old she's meant to be these days. But you know, time time lord who has seen. Immense suffering and you know, and all sorts of you know, great things, but yeah. also dark things. And and again, the the lack of any kind of character arc. I mean, we had this, you know, we had this strange, strange and quite fun line about about dads in there as well, didn't we? Um, yes. I can't quite remember exactly what it was, but it was a it was a somewhat rueful line from um. From the doctor, I think didn't she say, oh, dads, dads, are are, di- dads are complicated. Dads are difficult, so, so I've heard. Yes, yeah, which was quite, which was quite interesting. Yeah, I don't know. There's probably going to be a, a section of fan who will go, yes, looms confirmed. Looms a, <laughs> <laughs> looms a cannon. <laughs> one 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 exclamation mark. <laughs> um, but um, but I, I quite like that. And yeah, and, and then we had this this weird little you know thing of the timeless child mention in the ghost monument mm. back in episode two and um again yeah just it just feels like there's something you know are you are they hinting at something are they going somewhere with it you know, and again some kind of more you know character continuity would be it's weird because it's not this wasn't the thing that i expected i'd be complaining about this you know in terms of aspects of this series I thought under underpowered underpowered and cliched plots would be yeah. were likely mm. to be the thing that I would be complaining about. I didn't think that I would be bothered by the character work, at least mm. you know not on not on the yeah you know, not not on the principal cast. I mean, yes, I 
I think you know Moffat has a yeah so Moffat uh, Chibnall has a tendency to um, to go to cliche on you know on on his supporting characters um, to fall back on fall back on certain tropes, but I certainly didn't think that with his main cast we'd have we'd have that kind of issue, especially if you if you look at some of the stuff he did under under Moffat, which was yes it's problematic yeah it's got problems in various ways. But you know, he did some brilliant stuff with Amy and Rory and um, and Brian and and all of that stuff was was highlights of the of the Moffat era from that point of view mm. of actually getting the characters to work. I thought. Yeah, I, I thought that my, my my main gripe with the whole season was that it was overall was a feeling of disappointment, um, mainly because they've made this decision um, to cast a female Doctor. And then, you know, you end up with a character that particularly most of the time comes across, as Giles has said, like a sort of sort of female tenant at times or or something like your, your daffy aunt um, with that sort of pulling those funny faces and stuff like that. And it's kind of like I think that they, they had an opportunity to actually make something of it and make a statement early on, but they didn't really. They just sort of went with what they thought was popular at the time uh, by going back to a sort of female tenant without actually really sort of developing the character in a different way. And maybe they will, um, and I hope they do, because it's it's all very disappointing, I thought, um, which was sad, really. I'm, I'm with you, Mike. Um, I was worried about the whole um, gender shift. And then the woman that fell to earth was was fantastic. Jodie yes. Whittaker arrived crashing through the roof of a train. Yes. She took command of what was going on. She got everybody organised. Um, what I love about Doctor Who, um, lack of budget allowing, um, he always, or she, always improvises a solution. Yes. And cobbles something together. And Jodie Whittaker cobbled together a sonic screwdriver. And I thought, great. They're drawing together all the things I, I really like. People underestimating the Doctor when yeah. um, he or she first turns up. And then they stand up to a menace. You need to have a menace and some sort of threat. And then they, they improvise some sort of brilliant solution. And then it seemed to have fizzled out after that. Yeah. And what I'd have liked after, what, what is it, 11 episodes now, I, I could describe this new Doctor in a few sentences just as... Giles has done with with David Tennant's interpretation, and all the other Doctors, and I'm I'm really really struggling with this Thirteenth Doctor. I know I know Jodie Whittaker's a very fine actress because I've seen her in lots of other things, but the whole shrieky hysteria that permeates every episode that that irritates me a bit because I think it undermines the gravitas she should be able to bring to this as a, as a very fine actress um when she says i'm going to stand up to you dalek and don't mess with me um that doesn't come across very convincingly i, I think that might be a a script element there's a lot of script and then um yeah and then a lot of people say well you know give her a chance maybe maybe she's a more of a weak humanist sort of doctor like the the fifth doctor but that was the way that series was scripted and how Peter Davison wanted to interpret the role and I'm I'm really struggling with this. I'd, I'd have hoped that Jodie Whittaker would have made um, stamped her mark on the role by now and I, I'm still really struggling to see what, what sort of Doctor is she is and what she brings to it. I, I want to see her taking commander situations and you know the improvisation with the, the microwave that was a that was a nice touch but mm. 
it, it seems she seems so lightweight, unfortunately. And that is a crushing, just as Mike said, it's a crushing disappointment after that fantastic start with the woman who fell to earth. I've actually got a bit of paper here that's divided into half with good and bad. And overall, there's seven. Mm. There's seven. I've liked. I've genuinely enjoyed seven episodes of this series. So mm. that's the good. But unfortunately, the bad column is that interpretation of the Thirteenth Doctor, and that's. I think that's been the big letdown of the series together with all of the companions in one episode or other being underused as well. So um, I'm hoping they're going to reboot from this and move on and well, the, look at all the feedback they get for this well, as there's well. Just, there's just too many companions or friends. Um, and three's never worked. I, you know, when I watched Earthshock, um, Tegan and um, Adric actually have something to do, but Nyssa really has very little to do and hangs around in the TARDIS and has a few lines. So even then they couldn't write for three. Um, early on, mm. maybe they might have written for three, and and the dynamic was a bit different, and it was a different show back in the sixties. But now it's like there's one too many for sure, and one of them has to go. And it seems to me that mm. the writers are fixated with Graham most of the time because he seems to get the best sort of um, um, writing. Um, poor old Yaz is just forgotten about. He's the best it. paid. <laughs> well, that's why, yes. <laughs> but no, the fact of the matter oh. is that, yeah, like I'd like him to go, actually, so that we could actually, but then Ryan, so block It still baffles me how they're structuring a lot of these scripts, particularly the ones Chibnall's written himself. Mm. He's, got, he's, get, he's got too many main cast members. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he, 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 and then he, and then he pulls just... tons and tons of extra characters. And mm. he, as I've commented in the old days, they used to at least split the the companions up so they would yes. have little subplots. Half the time now, they're all hanging around behind the Doctor, which adds that gang team Scooby Doo yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. But again, we we keep ending up at the end of an episode where they've they've acquired hangers on throughout the course of the episode, and it ends with everybody just standing around behind the Doctor. And this time, the, the director <laughs> appeared to have picked up on that, and yeah. they all stand there in a little V-shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like the doctor. seven of them. <laughs> it's almost like I couldn't work out if they were taking the mickey or or if it was just there's nothing else. You might know, sort of make them look artistic. You <laughs> arrange them at, yeah. uh, artistically at random throughout the shot, like on a promo yeah. for a new the new series of Luther or something. Or yeah. uh, it's just baffling. There's a lot more people uh, I mean, I who end up in I the... Preferred yeah. Sorry, Paul. I referred Charlotte Rich's archaeologist to Doctor Science from the famous um, mm. Spiders mm. episode. At least, at least she didn't mm. carry around a clipboard and and spout exposition at everything. No, Although, mm. you know, she did the opposite, which is to forget that she was an archaeologist mm. uh, once that became irrelevant to the plot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I thought she was she was terrific. She acted her, her socks off, and she was good. Um, we, I touched on mm. this in in the past. That would have been a great stepping stone for her to join the crew and travel around. But lots of them, well, lots of them went in the TARDIS and during the series, and that was it. They were gone at the end of the episode. I remember in the in the new series era, we had so many, especially early on. I was there was the quality of the guest characters and the actors they found for them. I was constantly thinking, wow, they could be a companion. They could be a companion. Mm. It's brilliant. But we've got a great companion, so I don't mind. I'm happy with the one we've got. But you know, they could mm. be the next one, and I was piling up. Lists of potential future companions. This time, unfortunately, every time there's a great guest character, I just think, "Oh yeah, please, <laughs> let's follow them now." <laughs> the rest of you can you just go and have, sit down over there and have some chips, and we'll follow this character. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
I did. Um, yes, I, I kind of hoped at some points through through that episode. I was thinking, are they? Are, you know, is this going to be Ryan? Ryan and his dad are going to go off and uh, uh, bonding so that Ryan can actually leave now, and mm. and we'll just have the two two companions on the TARDIS or something like that. We're going to celebrate. Chibnall has mm. ticked off, apart from the Timeless Child reference, he's ticked off all the character arcs he set up in the first episode, hasn't he? They're all well, finished now. Yeah. So, yes, exactly. Which is, yeah. which is what you do if you weren't sure if you are going to get another series. But as mm. he's hopefully more more optimistic than that, I don't know why he's... <laughs> yes, and indeed yeah. he only, he only really bothered setting out... Yeah, and all the character arcs that he set up um, in that regard were to do, you know, were really to do with... The whole Ryan and Graham axis of things, rather than um, you know, I, I just find it weird that there isn't anything for Yaz. You know, there's no. Well, there's we plenty of room for, for next year if they. Well, this is true, but then it's going to feel weird if they suddenly, <laughs> if they suddenly, if they suddenly now decide, yeah, and that yeah. okay, and now about Yaz's issues, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we've uh, having having had a year of not really just talking about them. Um, yeah. Maybe Ryan will go for a lie down in the TARDIS somewhere, and he'll peer peer through later or something. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, well, obviously they gave it the demons of the Punjab, but hmm. yeah, I mean, I, so so I I thought it's the first time we've heard the Doctor being chuffed. That that's a little combination of a a, a comment on uh, on on Jody and uh, Yorkshire Watcher. Mm. Um, yeah, so so I think as, as Simon's trying to suggest, I think we do need to to wind up. So I okay. think maybe maybe uh, you know a minute each, and then we'll we'll do our. Um, uh, our, our resolutions, for, Doctor Who resolutions for for uh, twenty nineteen. We'll try and try Ooh. and wind up in, a, in about five or six minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah, final thoughts. If anyone has one, they want to fire out. I don't, it was a positive. You know, I, I felt like you know, after after the disappointment of the series, you know, what was ostensibly the series finale, I felt like this. You know, we ended on an upswing, uh, which is. Which is a positive thing to do. It, you know, it left a more pleasant memory to bear with us for the next year or so. But I think there's, you know, they certainly need to get to work under the bonnet and um, and figure out, you know, certain things. And you know, it's it's undeniable that the series is, you know, and okay, the ratings have have tailed off, but it still seems to be, and you know, and, and New Year's Day. I don't think it's fair to compare the ratings for New Year's Day to to those for Christmas Day. No. And no. you know, and again, I don't think you can say you know. I mean, Sherlock, you know, in that, in that regard, was a phenomenon in getting getting these massive ratings for New Year's Day, but obviously later in the day as well. It's not the, you know, I don't I don't think you can necessarily criticise it for that. And it's, um, but it's back, and it's you know, it's secured it's secured its place in the ratings, and it's generally outside of fandom circles seems to be. Uh, being more positively regarded amongst critics and so on again. Um, yes, that was interesting. But I hope I hope that doesn't I hope that doesn't blind them to the fact that they there are issues and um, and there's stuff mm. they they need to you know to address just just in terms of producing you know like I say just it feels like just in terms of producing coherent drama, let alone mm. let alone coherent Doctor Who. It's just like this isn't. You, this isn't the kind of stuff you you'd get away with if if you weren't producing something with a Doctor Who logo on it. There's certain things just about narrative structure and 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 character, you know, and just character um, 
traits and character continuity that you would be torn apart for in a, in pretty much anything else. Yep, mm-hmm. it's kind of co- it's kind of relying on the fact on all the best ideas and are in it, and all the most mm. vivid moments and everything that's good about it, it came from a previous show. Uh, I don't think Shibble's added anything. He's mm. just produced a band a bland beige watercolour, um, and yeah, he needs true. to. Take, he needs to try harder next year and he's become bigger, more colourful, more extremes, more contrast. The problem with the Doctor's character is that it's all a bit its too constrained. The, the highs and lows aren't there. That's what yeah. That's what we come yeah. to know. That's how we imagine the new series, Doctors. But I was thinking about it while you were talking about the Doctor's character earlier and it's almost, it's been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. That big contrast between his manic enjoyment of the universe and his deep seriousness when mm. things get real. And it's just not there. It's all a bit too tight. There's no um, no vertical room to manoeuvre in, in the Doctor's characters sure. at the moment. Final thoughts, Mike? Um, I would hope that Chris Chibnall doubles the age of the intended audience. That would be good, because I think it's a bit juvenile in places. Kablam! really brought that home to me. Um, and also, I would like it to be... Um, yeah, I, I think that there's, there's a lot there. He's got a canvas and he's got to improve. Um, and hopefully he can improve it. And please, more returning monsters. How much better was that than these sort of funny guys with teeth on them and that type of thing? Hmm. Simon? Yep, a strong positive note to end the series on. Um, I think that they need to... They need to crank up the chills and the thrills in the next series um, again my my love of classic Doctor Who creeps through I think in all these podcasts so um, <laughs> I was a big 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 critic of the, the Moffat years and the fact he seems to be writing for 50, 50 year old plus um, Doctor Who obsesses rather than a family audience that, that used to grate with me so there's been a big swing perhaps too far towards um, a more younger child friendly audience yeah. as has been suggested and unfortunately that I, th- I think people have played safe and um, we saw you know a Dalek exterminating people left right and centre and some very creepy scenes that that's been completely absent from the last series really until mm. this new year special so yeah. I hope we see more of that in the next series more returning monsters more things with more menace and threat and things that Jodie Whittaker can actually spar off spar against and act against because mm. she is a fantastic actress but I don't think she's stamped her mark on the on the role yet so I hope in the hiatus that's coming up now use that word again um, coming up now with a bit of a break in filming and until it comes back on the screens again they'll look at what's worked what hasn't um, get a bit ruthless perhaps with the crew or improve the writing so that they have a genuine role to play each week so that, that's what I'm looking forward to um, I think it could have been so much better that that's the only disappointment but overall um, I think I enjoyed most of the series and this special I, th- I thought it was really really good okay and from me um, so so one moment that was you know punched the other the Dalek blows up a speed camera now I'm not quite sure why it blows up a speed <laughs> A speed camera because I'm not I'm not quite sure what that was going to do to it, but it was nice to see that happen. I, I for for me I'd like to see a bit more of a sense of place. I mean a lot of the episodes have been set in Sheffield, but it, I haven't got the sense of Sheffield being anywhere in particular in the course of those episodes. No. It doesn't feel like 
you know, it doesn't feel like the Yorkshire that I know. It doesn't feel like it could. It could be anywhere. It could be Cardiff. It could be London. It could be Norwich. Could you be know. Melbourne. I, 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 I'd like to to get a sense that it, that this genuinely is is Yorkshire, and to get more of a sense of of where the companions and the doctor are coming from and uh, and, and their uh, interactions. So that's, that's my final thought. And just quickly before we finish, uh, I thought we'd do um, New Year's uh, resolutions. Now, I mean, you can take this any way you like. Um, my, I think, Doctor Who New Year's resolution is I've got a Blu-ray of um, Season 19 that I've not looked at yet. I've got to have a good crack at. Um, I still haven't looked at the DVD of Sharda. I need to get that watched yeah. as well. So yeah, I, uh, I think it'd be good if I actually managed to catch up. Oh, and, and I've got a, a fair old pile of big finish stuff I ought to be getting through as well. So yeah, I, I just need to pay more attention to the uh, the intro, really. Well, that's the same with me, Richard. I need to crack crack on and uh, finish um, series nineteen, and I also have to watch Sharda. But I also have to go back and actually watch Kill the Moon because I still haven't watched it. Uh, and that was oh, probably, God. Okay. It's probably about the last, oh, last season that I actually bought uh, New Who um, box set, I think. Um, so, yeah, I still have to watch that. So that's yeah. my resolution. You, you, you'll, you'll love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's next? Uh, I think this might be the year when I finally start my marathon. Um after having put it off for far too long. But then again, the problem is, yes, I've been planning to do one since 2013. And um, and Phil Morris, the whole, you know, the whole uh, Omni-Rumor thing has, mm. has been always hanging around and um, and putting me off thinking, well, I'll get, I'll get 14 episodes in and then have to, have to um, grind to a halt. But, um, but yeah, I think I might just go with it with the, um, get the, you know, with the loose cannon at, um, those kind of reconstructions and and start. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. maybe I'll even encourage encourage Phil Morris to return a few by by starting mm. out. Mm, yes. <laughs> Give me a countdown. I'll tweet. I'll tweet yeah. him with each one that I'm watching. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, Simon or Paul. Go on, Paul. Uh, I'm going to finish the script I'm writing and go to fewer Doctor Who conventions. <laughs> fewer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I'm 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 going to be a bit stingy. I'm going to save my pennies for the the Macra Terror release. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's, no, there's no such thing. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, these these recent Blu-ray box sets they're not they're not my most favourite um, seasons of Doctor Who. Unfortunately, so I'm not going to throw my money away at those. Mm. Um, and I'm going to look backwards again. I I I I've really I've really scraped the surface of the Hartnell years. So I'm going to get stuck into my shelves at home and watch a few more of those and again a lot of the moaning I do about this new series it'll be good to look back and see how far it, it's come on and mm. perhaps I'll appreciate it a bit better and and I think it'll be interesting to look back and see how that um, four-handed TARDIS crew work with Hartnell as well mm. and make the contrast there so no, I think what spare time I have mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip back into the past I think mm. and fill that big gap that's coming up as well mm. before um, some more Thirteenth Doctor arrives. Uh, I think you'll love Hartnell. It's um, certainly I've I've been a born again Hartnell Hartnell fan ever since the, when the DVD started to come out. And so I, I used to I couldn't get through the Merc on on a lot of the VHSs, and um, and then but having it on DVD and watch it, I would recommend watching it like an episode at a time, as in you know don't don't try and binge it 
that would be my um yeah that's what I'd advice. Too. I would just yeah. yeah just watch an episode you know watch an episode a day or you know at least take a break um it doesn't stand up to being watched in you know in huge feature length chunks I don't think necessarily varies from story to story but there are certainly ones that are and mm. not and try and um yeah try and think about the yeah the context of the time in which it was made and have a look at some um, loose cannons as well, Simon, particularly Dalek Master Plan, particularly the last mm. episode. If you see the last episode, even the um, the loose cannon reconstruction makes you realise why that's my most, you know, the episode that I want back more than any other. Mm. Great. Okay, well, thanks everyone for um, taking the time. And uh, I, th I think we've managed to, to get to the end without any further reboots of uh, Paul's computer, which is excellent news. Um, and so all that remains really is, is um, for us to think about what we're going to do in future. I think there may be some more 13 casts. Obviously, we don't have any more new series for us to talk about, but we have, we have chewed over some ideas of how we might bring the same sort of analysis to um, other Doctor Who episodes. So we'll have a chew over that and come back to you when we're ready to do some more. It may not be for a while. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm sure there'll be a few uh, grump casts to, uh, to keep you going. So, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks uh, for, for, for the four who've turned up today to, to talk. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, speak to you all soon. Thank you, Richard. Goodbye. Bye. Have a great 2019. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Yep, happy 2019 to everyone. Thank you. Happy 2019. Bye-bye. Excellent. Right, well, we'll stop that. And cut.